So, Father, we bless Nate. Nate, as, as you may not know, he's got a physical condi- condition that makes it difficult for him to be in a place that's too hot. Rick yeah, Warren has that, and after Rick preaches, he's got to go into a back room and sit down in a cool place uh, wherever he goes around the world. He travels the world. He's got to find a cool place because he has a condition known as, what is it? I don't know if he has the same thing as me, but hypohydrotic ectodermal dysplasia. It's, it's a genetic disability. It would if that was possible. I'm actually feeling pretty sick right now. Why don't, why don't you go, why don't we, uh, and you guys that are there, why don't you just turn a little bit. Why don't you do that? Okay. I will accept that. It's going to be coming at you sideways. Oh, yeah, that's the stuff. Hey, everybody. I can't not do ventriloquism. All right, so a few of you were here the first time. I got this. I'm good. Um, how many of you ever heard of the Israelites? Fairly famous group of cats, right? They're in the Bible. They are in the Bible. They were in Egypt in slavery, and it sucked, as slavery does. And God brought them out of Egypt with incredible miracles, right? His presence was with them all the time. They didn't come out empty-handed. They came out rich. They carried as much treasure and gold as they could carry, it says, okay? So they're going around out of Egypt on the way to this land God has promised them. They're rich. They're walking in the presence of God, miracles all the time. And how do they respond to all that? They worry. They worry and worry and worry. And because they worried, what happened to all the Israelites? They died in the desert, all but two of them. God gave them everything, and they died in the desert. That is not a good end to a story about those guys, right? All but two of them die in the desert. Now, the book of Hebrews says the reason they didn't get to enter the promised land is because of their unbelief. And see, that's where worry always comes from. Worry comes from unbelief. So if there's any area of our lives that we are worried about something, it is evidence that that is something, some area of our life that we are not walking in faith in. If we are worried about finances, we're not walking in faith in the area of our finances. In other words, Jesus isn't totally Lord of our finances if we're worried about them. Worry is the evidence of unbelief. Everybody with me so far? Okay. Now people are doing... A mental inventory. Oh, crap. I worry about a lot of stuff. Does, does that mean I have a lot of unbelief? Yes. <laughs> I, I'm not going to pull punches. Yeah. The good news is Jesus forgives you, and he wants to help you have faith. Amen? All right? We don't want to live in unbelief. That, that's what leads to dying in the wilderness, dying in the desert before we see what it is that God has promised us. We all have stuff that God has promised us. We all have stuff that we think maybe God has promised us, or we really, really want him to have promised us these things. Uh, We see them in the Bible. We're like, yeah, that's probably true, I guess. But if we're not seeing them, we tend to worry because we don't really believe. We don't really trust that what the Bible says is true. We don't really trust that what he says to us is going to come to pass. 
And that is going to lead to us dying in the desert before we get what it is God wants us to have. And I don't want anyone here to not get what God wants you to have. I want you to get 100% everything that God has for you, including a spouse. Right? That, that was a great word. There, there are a lot of places like this that, are, you know, that you might go to where people are like, well, let's just not go dating crazy. Let's, let's, let's leave all that kind of stuff out of it. And I've always thought that was so dumb because finding your better half is one of the most important things in your life. Right? And so if you're in a community of Christians that don't encourage you in that and pray for you in that and try to help you and keep you accountable in that, then why would you be there? <laughs> right? It's like weird. It's weird. We, Christians talk about how important marriage is, and then it's like, but we don't want to talk about it. Anyway, that's not the sermon. That's just things that annoy Nate today. Um, so, so worry is bad. And, and in the category of worry, I'm including things like anxiety, stress, fear. That's all in this category of worrying, right? And when we do those things, it's evidence that there's some unbelief somewhere. There's an area that we're not trusting God. There's an area in our life where Jesus is not Lord in the way that he wants to be, the way that he needs to be. And it's easy to fix that through humility and just saying, hey, God, I have come to realize that there's an area that I'm not trusting you quite enough. Help me. Help me out. And God's like, yay, finally. You can show God how big your problems are, or you can show your problems how big God is. Amen? It's a great phrase. You're going to hear it about a thousand times over the next couple years because it's so good and it's so true. So let, let me ask you this. Let's say you have a child or a niece, maybe, or a nephew or something like that, some kid in your life, and it's their birthday and you're shopping, right? And you find the perfect gift, the perfect gift for this kid, right? And you are so excited. This gift is going to be awesome. They're going to love it. It's going to really help them in their life. So you give them this gift, and they're like, oh, thanks. You're the best. And you're there like a few months later helping them look for a toy that they lost in their room, and you notice that that gift you gave them is still sitting on the dresser, and they haven't even opened it yet. And you're like, oh, man. Well, maybe they just are busy. They haven't gotten to it. And then six months later, you're back there again, and you notice that still sitting on the dresser, covered in dust at this point, is that perfect gift that you gave them. They've never even opened it. Didn't even take it out of the package. Okay? Now, how would that make you feel, do you think? Bad, Nate. It wouldn't make you feel good, right? It, it may be a little bit frustrating. Like, hey, this would actually be the... And in this story, you were right. It is the perfect gift. It's not that... You, the, the point of the story isn't that you were clueless as to kids and what the kids these days are into, you know? It really was the perfect gift. It was going to be awesome for them. And they didn't even bother to open up. I think that is how God feels about us a lot of the times. Because all of the greatest gifts that have ever been given in the history of the earth have been given by God to us, to you. And one of those gifts is his peace. Jesus has given you peace, which means he's given you a way to get out of worry, stress, fear, anxiety, negativity, any of that. You don't actually have to experience any of those things ever. It's the most incredible gift. It is seriously amazing. And most Christians, in my humble opinion, don't use that gift very much. A lot of them haven't bothered to open up the package. Why? Well, we have this bad habit, and we don't know it's a bad habit because we do it all the time. And it's that we always say yes to the worry and the stress and the anxiety that the devil brings us. Right? We can't stop situations from being stressful. Okay? 
your car breaks down, you lose your job, whatever. We all have stressful situations in our life, right? We all have things that one would think might cause worry. We all have that. Most of us have that right now. Maybe even a couple things. We can't stop those things from happening, but we can say no to the stress that those situations bring. Each of those situations, we talked about this last time, show up with like a little bag of stress, and they're like, hey, your car broke, you gotta be stressed now. And we're like, fine, stupid car, and we just take it. It's a habit, we don't even know we're doing it. We're saying yes to stress, that rhyme. Oh yeah, we're preaching up in here now. God doesn't want us to say yes. It's easy. Last time we looked at the verse where Jesus said, my peace I give you, do not let your hearts be troubled. Don't let them. Period. Don't. Just don't let them. It's, it's like super easy. Um, look up Philippians 4, 6, and 7. I'm going to jump ahead here. Ouch. Philippians 4. Uh, let's start with verse 6. Let's just read verse 6, actually. Do not be anxious about anything. Pause. Do not be anxious about anything. Don't do it. Like, don't be anxious. Now, do you think the Bible tells us to do things that are impossible? Does the Bible say, don't be a white guy? Sorry, I can't help but be that, because that's who I am. Does the Bible say, don't be living in America? You know, like, the Bible doesn't tell you to do things that you can't help but do, right? That's ridiculous. When the Bible says, don't be anxious about anything, that means it is possible for you to not be anxious about anything, right? Duh. So Paul is saying, hey, how do you cure anxiety? You don't be anxious. And you're looking at me like I'm nuts, but it is actually that simple. You just say no to being anxious. You say no to the anxiety. When the situation comes your way, when you've when you got to preach after leading worship and you're super hot, and then you've got to move and stand in front of the air conditioner like a weirdo, like you could take the stress from that situation, or you could say, no way. I'm not going to take that stress because I have the peace of Christ. Jesus gave me his peace, and that is stronger than this situation. Hello? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We can resist the devil and he will flee from us, right? That was a Paul Anderson thing where I say something and stop and they fill up. It's good. Thank you, thank you. I'm not quite as good at it as Paul, but don't be anxious about anything. We can actually say no to stress to worry, to anxiety, to fear, negativity, all that kind of stuff. And I'm not just, not just talking about bad situations. Good situations can be stressful. Planning a wedding, having a whole bunch of people stay at your house from out of town. Like, there are situations that can be stressful that are actually, they're good situations. But the stress from that situation is still going to affect you the same way. Your body doesn't know the difference between good and bad stress. It just knows that it's stress. And stress kills you. Now, the Bible talks about how Stress, worry, anxiety, all these things hurt you physically and not just spiritually, not just emotionally, but physically as well. And doctors are finally getting this too, and we talked about that last time for those who are here. Doctors are now saying that stress is one of the, if not the leading causes of most of the major diseases. Like, stress is the leading cause of heart disease, which is the number one killer in America. It's the leading cause of cancer, the number two killer, stroke, number four, Alzheimer's disease, number six, diabetes, number seven, suicide, number ten, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Stress 
is one of the, or the leading causes of all that stuff that kills you. Stress is bad for your body as well. So when Jesus says, hey, you have my peace, don't be anxious about anything, he's not just harping at you to, like, be a better Christian. It's like, hey, I want you to live, people. He's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. One of the ways God heals us is to keep us from getting cancer. Right? I have a close relative who is in the hospital right now. Um, this person has experienced so much stress the last year that fluid has begun to build up around their heart, and they're constantly going into defib. For those of you who know what that is. Um, the doctor said this is caused by stress, 100%. It, stress is killing this person. It's called broken heart syndrome. That's what they actually call it. And it's the emotional stress that you experience from, in this case, your spouse dying and all this other stuff. This, this relative of mine is saying yes to all this stress. They are owning it as much as they can. They're saying yes, yes, yes. I'm not trying to beg on this person. I'm just telling you factually what's happening. And now it's killing them. Literally, physically killing them. Just stress. That's it. Now, had this person said no to that stress and yes to the peace of Christ, said, I'm not going to say yes to this. Sure, this situation sucks. I hate it. I don't like it. But Jesus is stronger than this situation. Amen? God gave me his peace. Jesus says, my peace I give to you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Just don't let them. Now, is that easy to do? No. That's why we rely on the Holy Spirit. This isn't something we do out of our own strength. Now, it's a gift. We all have it. We all have the peace of Christ. If you have the Holy Spirit living within you, you have the peace of Christ. It's a gift. You have it. But you have to walk it out by faith. Does that make sense? Right? You are also righteous and holy in Christ Jesus. Do we act holy 100% of the time? No, not unless we walk in faith to walk in the righteousness that we've already been given. Hello? And peace is the same way. He gave us this peace, but we have to walk it out by faith. We have to rely on God to do it. Could you give me that beach ball? Said the preacher for the first time ever. Whoa! Man. Excellent. All right. This is a beach ball. Yep. Beach balls are awesome in so many ways. You are like this beach ball. Okay. And um, the pressures of life are all around you all the time. And these pressures push in on you. You can't stop life from putting pressure on you. You can't stop your job from putting pressure on you. You can't stop certain health conditions, whatever it is. You can't stop these things from putting pressure on you. Okay? They push and they push and they push. But we don't have to allow it to affect us. See, this is what happens when it's like, oh, it's way too hot, and I'm getting sick, and it pushes on us, and then, oh, I, I have to quit my job, and God's making me take a huge step of faith, and it's kind of a little bit scary, and I don't want to do it, and these things push on us, right? And then, oh, all this unexpected stuff is coming out that I didn't know, and money, and all this. You know, when we allow those things to affect us, we can't stop it from pushing, but when we let it squeeze us out, we go from a beach ball to this stupid thing, right? What is that? This is nothing. This is the worst beach ball ever, okay? It's like not fun at all. How many of you have ever felt completely not fun? 
How many, today? Yeah. How many of you have ever felt like the pressures of this world had just squeezed out anything that was good in you? And you feel like you were just empty to the Holy Spirit, which is who was filling you a second ago, okay? This is what happens when we let the pressures, the stresses, the worries of life affect us, and we don't have to let them. Now, when we get like this, what do we do? We humble ourselves before the Lord, and we say, hey, sorry, I let the stress get to me. Holy Spirit, fill me back up, and he will do that. The Spirit of God in the Bible is the breath of God. The word for Holy Spirit is actually ruach, which means breath. And so God will breathe his life back into you. And pause for a second as I do this. What? Okay, so. Holy Spirit has filled us back up. Yay! Um, the hole is still open. We're always an open system. I could preach a whole sermon series on that. But we're an open system. Things affect us. And so the pressures of the world don't stop. The Holy Spirit filled us up. We feel great for 20 minutes. Awesome! And then we walk outside the room and we're like, oh, yeah, I still got fired. Now what do I do? Because it's pushing. It's not going to stop. You can't stop that stuff from pushing. You can't stop that crap from happening. You can't. But what you can do is you can rely on the Spirit of God who is within you. And as these things push and put pressure on you from the outside, the Spirit of God within you pushes back in equal measure. It creates an equilibrium inside you. Okay? And as the world tries to push in, the Spirit breathes in at the same time. And so, the stuff is pushing in. And the spirit is breathing. And you stay inflated. Okay? And that is called a successful life. That, yes, clap for the beach ball. That is how we live in peace. We don't stop the stressful situations from coming our way. We don't stop the worrying stuff from happening. We don't stop the anxiety from coming our way. But we instead choose to do what Philippians 4, 6 says, and do not be anxious. No matter what the situation says, you don't be anxious. You don't do it. You say no to that anxiety, yes to peace. You humble yourself to the spirit of God who is within you and let him fill you up so that no matter how hard that stupid stuff is pushing, you stay at peace. Everybody with me? Thank you, Beach Ball. Okay. So peace is a skill that we need to practice. We need to practice this all the time. Now, when I first started practicing this gift, practicing peace, it turned out to be a lot harder than I thought. I didn't realize how often I was saying yes to stress and to anxiety and to worry and to fear. Because when I, I prayed, I prayed a very simple prayer. God, thank you for your peace. I'm sorry that I haven't been living in it. I really have not. Help me to live in this peace. Help me to walk this out by faith. Help me to say no to all this stress and worry. And so I asked the Holy Spirit, and I recommend this, to please remind me when I'm doing this. Because I clearly don't realize I'm doing it. I just wind up stressed. Okay? It's like, oh, why am I stressed? Oh, because before I said yes to it. So I said, I can't figure this out. Help me, <laughs> remind me when I'm doing this. And he did, which was fantastic. And throughout one day after the next, after the next, I found that I had been saying yes to stress and anxiety and worry, like, all the time. 
like stupid little stuff, like a guy cuts me off on the freeway, and I let that get to me, okay? That is the worst. Some people, right? Okay? What, whatever it is, you see the price of something like gas in your minivan, and you're like, oh, Lord, you know? Uh, whatever it is, all this little stuff that I had been saying yes to all the time out of a habit. I didn't even know I was doing it, and it would get me stressed by the end of the day. And so by practicing peace, the Holy Spirit helps us to say no, 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 and to rely on the peace of God. And when I first started doing this, I found that I, was, I had to stop and pray, like, constantly, <laughs> like, I don't know, a dozen times in the day for the first few days. But as you do it, you get a little better and a little better and a little better. It only takes about three weeks or so to break a bad habit and replace it with a good habit. That's a very short amount of time. Now, most of us have this bad habit of saying yes to every stress that shows up and every worry that shows up and every fear that shows up. We just say yes automatically. And we think it's not our fault. It's not my fault I'm saying yes. This situation is genuinely stressful, which it is. But you can still not be anxious about anything, even in the stressful situation. Okay? I know I said that 40 times, right? Just say no to the stress, say yes to the peace. But the Bible says it like 40 times. Jesus says it all the time. You have my peace. You have my peace. Live in my peace. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Don't be anxious about anything. He says it all the time. The Bible is constantly saying it. This is a huge thing. It's a huge thing. And he knows that we're not doing it nearly enough. They weren't doing it. We weren't doing it. But we can do it in Jesus' name. It only takes about three weeks to break a bad habit and replace it with a good one. And let me tell you, peace is way better than worry. Being worried and stressed out, and afraid of the future, these things suck, like objectively suck, right? Nobody likes these things. The peace of God is objectively fan-flippantastic. It is awesome. And I'm not talking, okay, pause here. I'm not talking about like positive thinking, mumbo-jumbo. I'm just going to choose to pretend I'm not stressed. That's not what I'm saying, okay? I'm not saying you pretend. Or you lie and you just, I'm going to talk happy until I become happy. No, I don't, I, that's kind of dumb. I'm saying literally let the Holy Spirit of God change you and give you peace. Because you already have the peace. Jesus gave it to you. He's inside you. The Holy Spirit can activate that for you at any moment. When I'm talking about living in peace, I'm talking about literally experiencing and being at peace. Like this. And not that stupid deflated thing. I'm not talking about pretending we're inflated when we're not. I'm talking about actually being there, actually being at peace. Now, stress is external. It can't change us internally unless we let it in. Okay, does that make sense? And when we let the peace of Christ move out from within us, it starts in our spirit, which is where the Holy Spirit is, and then it moves out to everywhere, including our conscious mind. And when our mind starts to experience peace, our brains don't release all those neurotransmitters and those chemicals that we experience through stress, which is what ruins our bodies and wrecks our internal organs. Okay? When our brains perceive that we are stressed, it releases all that junk. And it's there for a good reason. It's to give us a little energy in case we need to like run away from a snake or something like that. right? But it, the brain doesn't know the difference between running away from the snake and gas went up 40 cents. You know what I mean? All it knows is it's experiencing stress. It's like blind. The brain is blind. It doesn't get it. We tell it what to do. Our will tells our uh, brain what to do. And so when it experiences that stress, it releases that stuff. But when our mind experiences peace and we calm down tangibly, physically, then our brains don't release that stuff and we don't get sick from it. We actually 
feel at peace. Now, you might not always feel it like, I'm not, I don't mean feel emotional. Sometimes you might feel it on an emotional level. Sometimes you might even feel it on a physical level. I certainly have before. But sometimes you have to take it on faith because you're walking it out by faith. Okay? Anybody with me? Now, for those of you, who especially who are here the first time, does anybody have any testimonies? It was like three or four weeks ago that we talked about stress. Anybody have any testimonies of a time you said no or a completely revolutionized life, perhaps? I heard an ah. Uh. <laughs> at all. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So, today, it was really strange because, like, throughout my apartment, there's a couple things that need to be done, my bedding's get fixed, all this other stuff. And then today, I just did Like, there was no thought process whatsoever. It was, I got up, and I just did it all. And the feeling of, like, accomplishing a list of things that, you know, have been sitting there for a long time, it's really awesome. Sweet. That's good. So when we do this, when we, oh, go ahead, Dan. Yeah. So you just perfectly set up the next point. So I owe you 20 bucks. Philippians 4, turn back. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, remember we talked about thanksgiving earlier, let your requests be made known to God. So you live in peace. You live in saying no to anxiety, and you live in that. It becomes a lifestyle. You start doing it over and over and over again, and it does become easier. And pretty soon, you find that when bad situations happen, you're like almost by reflex humbling yourself before the Holy Spirit and feeling the presence of God. It's like actually really awesome. It's like super, super awesome because it becomes a good habit. And when things and a guy cut you up, cuts you off, you, you, you say, Lord, I'm not going to do this. I'm with you. And all of a sudden, someone did something bad to you, and you feel better about it. What? Count it all joy when you endure suffering and people persecute you and that kind of stuff. Because it's actually a good thing if you live in the peace of Christ. Okay, so verse 7. 
and the peace of Christ, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of Christ, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. Okay? Uh, Paul's metaphor here is a a guard, like, like a shield. Okay? The peace of Christ becomes a shield for your heart and your mind. Now, I'm more into sci-fi, Star Wars-y type stuff. So I'm, 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 I'm picturing an electromagnetic shield, like a bubble around me, right? And the peace of God is this bubble, this shield. And stuff comes at it and bounces off. Because the peace of Christ does that. When you, when you graduate, so to speak, and learn how to live in this peace of Christ, you get to the next level where what Dan said is true. And these situations come that should stress you out. They should really tempt you to be worried. And they really aren't that tempting. And you just say no and enjoy the peace of God. Because your shields are up. When you're living in the peace of God, your shields are up. And some stuff just bounces off and doesn't even affect you at all. And other things that are bigger, you might have to still consciously say no to, but it's not that hard to say no to it compared to something else. Everybody with me? Okay. Um, Dan's example is great, and, and the same thing had happened to me. Um, I, I was driving home from, from Wisconsin where I work until tomorrow is done, and then I don't work there anymore. Um, yay. And uh, so I was driving home, and I get one of those phone calls. Maybe you guys have gotten one of these phone calls before. It's an unexpected phone call with bad news that hits you out of nowhere, right? So I'm driving home, and I get this phone call. Now, this phone call had a big old bag of stress, specifically anger, disillusionment, and fear. More than worry, it was fear. It came at me right away. Boom. But my shields were up. Okay? I had been living in the peace of Christ. I I was experiencing it tangibly. I was feeling close to God. It was awesome. I was living in the peace of Christ. And so when this situation came up out of nowhere, like a sucker punch, It just deflected right off my shield. And I'm just like, okay, this is a big deal, and I am not going to stress about it. And in a period of about 30 seconds, I was totally fine. And that's not because I'm awesome, because that should not have happened. (laughs) Had I not been living in the peace of Christ, had the peace of Christ not been guarding my heart and my mind, I would have succumbed to that, and the whole ride home would have been getting more and more miserable, more and more upset, By the time I went to see my wife, I would not have been able to minister peace to her. I would have been help. I would have been making the situation worse. I would have been part of the problem instead of part of the solution. Instead, I got home so full of peace that she ended up peaceful at the end of a short talk and prayer time. How awesome is that? That the peace of Christ through me was able to affect someone else because I just said no. But the reason I could say no is because of Philippians 4.7. The peace of Christ will guard your hearts and your minds. Shields up, okay? That's what peace does. When you start living in peace, it puts those shields up and it guards you. Um, I could say a lot more about that, but... um, If we're not doing that, if we're not living in the peace of God day to day and saying no to the small stuff, okay, and experiencing peace in that, then how can we expect to say no to the big stuff? Because I talk to people, especially guys about this. Like, ah, I can handle a lot of stress. I, I can take it. I'm, I'm, I'm tough. I can handle a lot more stress than most people. I'm like way stronger than most people. Like, way humbler too. 
and I, I can just handle more stress. I mean, I can just, I don't have to say no, I can just take it, you know? Well, first of all, Jesus doesn't say, be anxious about as much as you can handle and then stop being anxious, <laughs> right? No translation says that. It says, don't be anxious about anything. That's all it says, right? Don't, just don't do it, okay? But let's say you could handle it. What's going to happen when something big happens, when you get that phone call out of nowhere, when your car gets crashed, when you get fired, whatever it is, when something huge happens, when you get D-U-M-P-D dumped out of the blue, or when you finally get up the courage to ask her whether or not she feels the same way and she says she wants to be friends, oh, the worst, the worst, okay? Been there. How are you going to stand up to that? How are you going to say no to the big stuff if you're not saying no to the little stuff? You're not. Because if you're not living in peace, the peace of Christ is not guarding your heart and your mind. You're on your own. Okay? There, there was a point uh, beginning of this year where I woke up, and for whatever reason, I just started thinking about all the bad stuff that was going on, thinking about the future, thinking about this and that, and how I didn't understand how things were going to work out. And I started letting in the stress and letting in the worry. It was stupid, but I did it. I threw myself a little pity party. Um, there's some sort of sick gratification about feeling sorry for yourself, right? It's like a sick, a sickness, but it feels good in like a sick way, right? You know what I mean, right? You're like, oh, it's so bad. I feel so terrible. You throw yourself this little pity party and stress shows up and worry shows up with his buddy acid reflux who's a jerk. <laughs> and like you throw yourself this little pity party and everybody's there and you like sort of feel better, but then you actually feel way worse because it's like killing you. It's weird. Um, and so I, I only did that for like an hour, but then it was family day. So now we're hanging out. We're going to the zoo and we're doing all this stuff. And guess what? Daddy's grumpy. Holy cow. I was like a grump monster to my wife, to my kids. It was not good. We got back and I'm like, babe, I, I need to go take like 20 minutes just to kind of get my head right here and go pray in the room. And she's like, yes. <laughs> Please. In fact, maybe don't come back until you let God fix whatever that is that's happening right now. Okay? My poor wife. Um, and so I went and I prayed, and I'm like, what is this? Is this spiritual warfare? Martyr complex right away, right? Someone's attacking me, Lord. And, and God comes, oh, she's so dumb. God comes so gently, and he just says, no, you did this to yourself. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah. And like, I got that like knowledge download where I instantly knew what he was talking about. You know what I mean? And, and I'm like, I said yes to all this stuff this morning. I just let it all in. And of course this is how it, it, I feel now because poison poisons you. Ugh. And so I humbled myself. I asked God to forgive me and I spent some time praying and letting the spirit fill me back up and asking him for more help to live in that peace and to walk in that peace moving forward, and he gave it, and it was awesome. So let's not get there. What? Um, it hasn't happened since then. So that was a breakthrough time. There, that, that was the beginning. Actually, that was like five days before that phone call in the car, okay, that I already talked about. And what it was is you're right. God was in the process of answering a prayer I had prayed, which was, please upgrade my peace. And God's like, sweet. Now, to get to the next level in a video game, what do you got to do? 
you got to beat the boss. Everybody knows that, right? And so God's like, you want to get to the next level? Fantastic. I want you to be there. I've wanted you to be there for some time. So time for some boss battles. And I failed the first one <laughs> massively. But God brought me back up on my feet by the end of the day, which was good. The next one was the phone call. And there, were, it were, there was a series of about two weeks straight. It was like, bam, 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 right? And by the grace of God and through humility, I was able to pass and get to the next level. Okay, which is awesome. And that's how God works. We don't like to hear that. I talked about this a little last time, too. We want everything to be perfect. We want living the Christian life to mean we never have to struggle or have any problems. But if you've ever read the Bible, you know that's not the way it works. In fact, there are some things that we can only achieve through defeating an enemy. We've got to beat the boss to get to the next level. Right? David had to kill Goliath to get all his stuff and to get a place in king's court. Right? Did God want Goliath to kill Israel? No. He allowed him to come against them, though. And it was a gift. And all of Israel looked at Goliath and said, Oh, no, God isn't going to let us get destroyed. And this is so terrible. Woe is me. Woe is me. Right? And David looks at Goliath and says, Ooh, cool. A giant. This will be neat. It's perspective. It's a totally different perspective. Right? David lived in peace, and the rest of them didn't. David won, and he got all the stuff. That's what God wants from us. And if we don't say no to the little stuff, the everyday stuff in life, it's going to be really hard to say no to the big stuff. Right? I think that's common sense, but it's also true. The next level, this is the one I'm working on, okay? The next level is Colossians 3.15. You can turn there. It's a good verse. Um, sorry. Colossians 3, 15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Okay, this is in the middle of, a, of another thing. But uh, texturally speaking, this passage is called a chimera. Um, texturally, it's like a poetry type passage where Paul starts writing this way at the beginning and then he gets to a central point and then it goes back out. Okay, and the central point is this. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Okay? Eventually, we get to the place where we practice peace so much, we live in the peace of God so much, that the peace of Christ actually rules in our hearts. Rule means be in charge. Right? You're the boss. You make the decisions. God wants us to get to the place where the peace of Christ makes the decisions about everything that comes against us. We don't react against the world out of our carnal minds or out of our own understanding or out of our emotions or whatever it is. We react out of peace. Because peace becomes the boss of us. Now, how many know it would be a little better if peace was the boss of you instead of maybe you? Because I, I react a little too Nate-ish sometimes. I'd prefer to act Jesus-ish, right? And that's what this is. To let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts um, makes you nigh invulnerable. Um, Psalm 23 is one of the favorite passages of Christians and non-Christians alike. They love Psalm 23. Why? Because it talks all about peace and all about an intimate relationship with God. And these are things that people desperately desire, Christians and non-Christians alike. And they mostly don't have them. And so they look at Psalm 23 and they think it's wonderful and beautiful. My favorite bit in Psalm 23 is when David says, you set a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Right? Now what's the image there? In the presence of my enemies, he's surrounded by enemies. He's on a battlefield, and there's dudes everywhere trying to kill him. 
Okay, he's surrounded by enemies trying to kill him. How many think that might be slightly stressful situation? It might put a little pressure on you to worry, maybe a tiny bit anxious, maybe a little even afraid of all the dudes with swords trying to kill you. And what is David doing when he is surrounded by dudes trying to kill him? He's chilling out and eating lunch with God. You set a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, at that, at that time in Israel, the Jews, they would eat by lying down. They'd like lie down and lie on an arm at a, at a low table and eat. And a meal was typically a long affair. That's how they would eat. Like, you know, you see that in old movies and Romans and all that kind of stuff. They lie down on their side and they just chill out. Okay? So here's David, surrounded by dudes with swords trying to literally murder him. And he is lounging, eating lunch with God. Not a care in the world. How is that possible? How can you be surrounded by dudes trying to kill you and you're chilling out without a care in the world? Because he had the peace of God. And he had it so strongly, he had so much trust that he wasn't worried. So what, there's a bunch of Jews trying to kill me. This will just be a neat testimony. It'll be something to put in the book later about how God killed all these people. Right? That is the kind of peace that we can get to. That is the place God wants us to get to. And I think the level after that is when we bring our peace to other people. We show up in a room where everybody's fighting or everybody's mourning or everybody's sad or everybody's upset, and we can bring the peace of Christ to that situation. And it can just bam like that. Like Jesus did when the boat was about to sink and the disciples woke him up and says, we're going to die, don't you care? And Jesus is like, ah. And he gets up there and he says to the storm, what? Peace. Be still. Jesus' peace was so strong that he went, bam, with his peace, like superhero style, right? And it calmed the storm. The weather itself had to obey because Jesus' peace was so strong. Peace. And it calmed down the weather itself, right? And Jesus said what? My peace, that same peace, I give you. That's a good gift. Amen? Let's take it off the shelf. Let's open up that package. Let's, let's start using it a little bit. Let's start practicing that peace. Let's start saying no to the stress. Uh, in my experience, it is so hard to do by yourself. We need each other to keep us accountable. We need our friends, our family, the people who are in our lives to help us to live this way. How are you doing with your peace? How's your peace coming? And when, when, when we start talking to them about, oh, I've been having this week and I'm so stressed out, and we could be like, so how's your peace? And they could be like angry at first probably and then like chill out and then get better because that's what we do for each other, right? That's what friends do. We help each other to walk the path. And so let's do that for each other. And maybe let's just break up into groups of like two or three just to pray for a minute. If you need to leave, we're a couple minutes over. But yeah. Yeah. Do it. Dan's going to play a song for us. Flip the big button on the right on the amp. There you go. And there's picks on the top of the amp as well if you need one of those. That's right.
Santa.